0: You know, Quigs, I was fully prepared to start with a pretty conventional opening tonight. And then I randomly
1: saw a... Real quick, real quick, let me just say, conventional opening for us means absolutely off the charts unconventional for any other podcast.
0: Listen, we're about to get like, (laughs) we're, we're about to dive into the 90s in a very weird way here. Maybe the early 2000s. I don't know the exact year on this, but I... I'm very much a latchkey child where I grew up. I was basically raised by the TV and I watched a lot of nineties and such SNL reruns on comedy central growing up. So I know a lot about that era. And I saw a sketch from the Will Ferrell era, just, I don't know, an hour before we started recording tonight that I had never seen before. And it is just embedded in my brain now because It starts off, there's like a full minute, okay, of this theme song. And it goes, it's the Hulk Hogan talk show. It's the Hulk Hogan talk show. And then it does like some lyrics, but then it keeps going. And I'm sitting there going to M. am like, what the hell is this? This just keeps going on and on. I couldn't believe how long the intro to this Hulk Hogan talk show sketch was going. I'm like, who's going to play Hulk Hogan when it shows up? Finally ends. And will ferrell is there and he's not dressed as hulk hogan he's just a guy in a suit he's just a regular ass guy and apparently the bit was he was filling in for hulk hogan it's just his host for the week on the show and he still had to do all the hulk hogan bits and stuff like oh what's the wrestling move of the week except he's just like a guy he's like oh wait uh, i'm sorry to interrupt you we have to and he's like interviewing a guy who was like tortured in somewhere <laughs> It's, it's amazing like it's this like buried gem i had never seen before and i loved it but the the theme there the hulk hogan talk show is just in my brain and i think i'll be singing it all week driving people nuts
1: i wish they had him dressed up as hulk hogan no right no no then. it
0: was funnier i was laughing my ass off because it's such a will ferrell bit to subvert like expectations <laughs> like that and i i really loved it like it's just like comedy like it's just, Will Ferrell is just such a, a cra- like, especially back in his heyday, back in, like, the late 90s when he, you know, wasn't quite old man. Will Ferrell was makes, like, a million dollars to just show up to a movie set. Like, he was doing some crazy weird shit back then, and I I appreciate it even more now than I did back then.
1: Oh, yeah, no. I, I love Will Ferrell, dude. Like, he, so I used to watch a lot of Conan, and I remember there was this one night where Will Ferrell showed up up on Conan as a guest and he sits down at like the little desk and he comes out with like a cockatoo, cockatiel, (laughs) cockatoo. That sounds right. Yeah. On his shoulder and he's just acting totally normal. And then Conan's like, who's your friend? And Will Ferrell's like, what? And he's like, you're you're the bird on your shoulder. He's like, Conan, I said, I wasn't, I told you we weren't going to bring this up. He And, like, he just kind of went on a whole tangent about, like, he, you're embarrassing my friend now, now he's embarrassed, and now the camera's panning in on him, and he doesn't like this, and now you're ruining our relationship, basically. <laughs> and it was really fun. I don't know. It was stupid. but it No, I,
0: I love it. Like, that is a very Will Ferrell thing to do. And I, I always loved Conan... For being somebody to embrace that kind of stuff. Like, embrace, like, yeah, I, I was telling you before about every time Paul Rudd would go on, he would show the clip from Mac and me every time, every damn time, <laughs> instead of the clip for the movie it was supposed to show. And it's phenomenal. And it's because Conan goes along with this stuff and he finds that very funny. And, uh, yeah, I, I miss Conan for that. Not that I was watching a lot of late night television these days, but I feel like there's a few guys, like, I feel like, uh, Seth Meyers goes along with that stuff because he was the SNL guy and like Conan for much of his career, he was the like late, late show the later in the night when there's less people watching, you can kind of get away with murder a little bit.
1: Yeah, no, I I do love that. Like something I've noticed with a lot of the new, like late night hosts, they just like, they don't let their guests be their guests. Like they don't let their guests do their thing. And that's something I thought Conan was always really good at. Exactly. 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 Colbert sucks. Colbert was so much better
0: when he was... When he was the fake Stephen Colbert, when he was just this, like, right-wing parody. And it was a brilliant bit. And had I'm sure it got very old on him having to do that for years. But it was brilliant, and it was fantastic. And it's just... Yeah, yeah he's, he's just not... He doesn't have the same bite these days. And, like, I feel like Myers is still doing his thing, and it's good. Fallon just plays games. Fallon's got, like, oh, we're gonna play beer yeah, pong no. tonight. Oh, we're gonna play Guess the Song. Like, it's... Fallon... And, you know what, to his credit, like, that's what Jimmy Fallon's really good at. Like, he is a goofball who's, like, he just likes to have fun, pretty much. But, like, yeah. I, I, I miss Conan, though, because, like, he really embraced the chaos.
1: Yeah, he, oh, my God. Whenever he had Bill Burr on, it was just, I mean, I that's the hardest I've laughed, watching, like, any TV it's just Bill Burr just going on there and making Conan lose his mind was just it was great. I loved it. Well,
0: because Bill Burr is also him. the kind of guy you get him started, he's not going to stop. And if you just no, let he the... does
1: not stop. He yeah. just goes on a tangent and he just keeps going, and you cannot, yeah, you cannot stop him at all. So
0: I mean, you talk about bits living rent free in your head. Like I still to this day on this show reference when conan and andy richter would do the in the year 2000 bit where they would make predictions for like the year two and then the year 2000 happened and they kept doing it because it was just funnier it was actually funnier after the year 2000 came and now we're 20 years later and i still like to reference that 23 years later than the year 2000 love it yeah. In the year
1: 2000,
0: and in the year
1: 30.
0: 2023, we had yeah. BSH 2.0 tailgate. It happened. We are reborn. We are back. And I got to say, what a fantastic time this tailgate was. It was uh, a, a, just a grand time here. Weather could not have been more perfect. It was unbelievably nice. And like I went to the Phillies home opener uh the Friday before and it was mid 50s. Very cloudy. Very breezy. I was pretty cold. Not great. This day, couldn't have been better. And I just wanted to give a quick thanks to Dylan, a.k.a. Philaticus, and Clear Rum for providing the food and booze at the BSH 2.0 tailgate. Everything was amazing. Like, the, the brisket was next level. Like, that shit was smoked to perfection. The rum cocktails that they gave out the canned cocktails were so damn good I got to sample all of them and I also drank a couple of beers on top of that so let me tell you, it was a fun walk back to the pad
1: it sounds like it was awesome I hate that I couldn't have been there <laughs> I can't stand that I couldn't have been there. You have no idea. It
0: is one of the, I, I'm not going to say one of the few events, but I, I will say it's like one event that I will actively tell people that they missed out on by not being there because the food and, and love that. Was just love relevant. that
1: for me. <laughs> I can't I'm so honored to be part of that group that missed out on something really really fun
0: I mean it wasn't you have a long drive and it wasn't a media event so like I I get it dude but like it 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 was a really damn good time it was great to see everybody to hang out Gave away a few magnets but not as many as I thought I would so whenever the draft party does come around there will be quite a few fly purpley magnets up for grabs for people out there so uh very if you don't
1: come you suck. That's the rule.
0: That's the rule. That You know, I don't make the rules. Or do I make the rules? I think I might here.
1: Um, Steve, we have some breaking news. Oh, wow. The Pittsburgh Penguins are not going to the playoffs for the first time in 14 years. Is that it? For the oh first time since damn. 2006, the Pittsburgh Penguins are not going to the Yoffs. The New York Islanders just beat the Montreal Canadiens 4-2, to two, which eliminates the Penguins from the yaffs. And you smell that, Steve? Do you smell that? That's the smell of French fry-filled sandwiches f- covered in tears, in salt in, from the tears. Oh, and the the, slaw, I don't know.
0: The slaw is not flowing tonight. The, the city no, of Pitts no, is very upset. And, you know, Only one thing to say in such an occasion. That's a shame.
1: It's a shame, Steve. You hate to see it.
0: You really really, do. You just hate to see it. In the year 2006, the Pittsburgh Penguins (laughs) last missed the playoffs. It has happened again. Move their asses to Kansas City immediately. Get them out.
1: It's hard not to feel bad for Penguins, the Penguins fan base. I mean, after all these years of nothing. They haven't done a goddamn thing, Steve, The this Penguins team. And, like, they've been so deprived of success. And this is finally the year that it looked like they were going to make the playoffs. And sure enough, they couldn't get it done. And so now the mediocrity is going to continue. Boy, if they could only catch up to the Flyers. I mean, the Flyers are just light years ahead of oh them right
0: God. now, Steve. I, I really wish they had tanked harder this year. I really wish they had. But it's very funny to see the Penguins miss it. Ron Hextall, do you think he's out? Like, I really think he might be out after this because it, it this really feels like we've been predicting the end of the Crosby Malkin Letang era for a while now for a while, but it actually might be here. Like this is the first time this group has missed the playoffs or at least since 06. And it actually feels like their time might be done.
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, with like, this was the year too, because or not the year that they would like win the cup, but like, this was a year that they should have made the playoffs. Cause like Malkin played the whole season, which doesn't really happen very often. He's always got something going on. Um, Crosby was playing excellent. Um, Letang was playing really well. Um, all their big stars were playing great, but like it's some of these moves that hexastall made that were just or didn't
0: make really is the thing or, or didn't make
1: that were horrible Because, like, when Ron Hextall
0: was the general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers, that was a team with just messy contracts, a team that was not close to competing. So you understand why he made some of the moves. He made some of the inaction he had, because it really would not have made a huge difference. Again, you can debate the last couple years of his tenure. He really should have done something. But early on, you understood why he didn't do much. This Pittsburgh Penguins team was very much a different situation it was a win now you have Sidney Crosby still one of the best players in this game like I hate his guts but Sidney Crosby is undoubtedly still one of the best players in the game yeah. he is still playing at a high level Malkin still scores a ton and Latang still good like these the core pieces They're are all there and good. good and the only good move he's done is Richard Raquel. That's, like, the only guy. And that's it. And Like, you should be moving heaven and earth to make one more run with these guys.
1: Yeah. No, it's rough. It's really bad. And, like, Jeff Carter, that signing is not looking great. Like, he's just been bad. I thought that was such an odd
0: trade in the first place. And for a little bit, it looked like it was going to work out for them because, of course, like, of course the Penguins make it work. But, no, like, it it is actually working out like we would have expected because Jeff Carter is an old hockey player. Like, he's not an old man, but he's an old hockey player. I mean, how old is Jeff Carter at this point? Is he 37?
1: Oh, God. Let's see. Let's ask Google.
0: Let's ask Google. Google? How old is Jeff Carter? Calculate. My name is Jeff. My name is Jeff. uh, He's 38 years old. 38 years old. That's like, you know, me getting out on the ice, except uh, not nearly as handsome or skinny. But, you know, it's... (laughs) Not hockey age is the thing. Like, he's not... Yeah. He's not, he's far from his prime at this point and not really a guy that they should be relying on like they expected to.
1: Jeff Carter was born in 1985.
0: Oh, yes. What a what a time to be alive, the mid 80s. I'll tell you. Yeah, I was a, a but wee he, little baby. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, he's just been, I mean, he's a shell of his former self. And it's just like, I don't know, like Ron Hexall had, opportunities to make some big trends that would have helped the penguins get to the playoffs again and he just he just didn't do it and it was that inaction that ended up dooming him in philadelphia and the same thing could happen with pittsburgh like i i wouldn't be shocked at all if if he gets canned but like and i think they should i don't know i don't know I don't, don't want to see. Know them. what they're gonna do.
0: I don't want to see them. Can Ron Hextel, Because I think this is great. I'm laughing my ass off. This is the happiest I've been all hockey season seeing the Pittsburgh Penguins lose out on making the playoffs. It has been long overdue, and I am enjoying it.
1: So here's here's an interesting tidbit. So obviously the Penguins like they're in win now mode. They want to continue making the playoffs, but. How much longer are the Penguins going to be in win-now win mode? Because, like, Latang, Malkin, Crosby, they're all getting older. Like, they're already old, but, like, they're getting even older. And how much longer will it be before they, you know, retire and the Penguins are in a rebuild anyway? Like, because that's something that Hextall was good at when he first became the Flyers GM. His job was to get the Flyers, like, not a rebuild, but it was... Basically, his job was to get them out of cap hell and kind of open up cap space. And for the most part, he did that well. It's what came after that that he did horribly. Um, But, like, it's kind of ironic that, like, the guy who they have now as GM, they might fire him. And then, like, two, three years down the road, they might need him again to, like, clear the cap space and, like, build for the future so I don't know. I, it's interesting. It's an interesting thing. Who knows? Maybe they keep him. Yeah, I don't think they will. It. But I hate to see. Yeah, it, let me tell you. Uh, well, so okay, Crosby
0: is thirty five, has three years left on his current contract, or I guess two after this season. Uh, Malkin is thirty six. He's got three years left after this season, and then I love love the Latang contract, where Latang is thirty five. And I totally forgot about this deal. He has five years left on his contract after this.
1: Wait, who's that? Christopher Letang. Letang. Christopher Letang, Doc. Yeah, no, he's he's got a pretty uh, he's got a pretty gnarly contract. I do not envy that at all. And plus, like, and I kind of like feel bad bringing this up, but like his he's had health issues, like it's a valid not, not concern of, at this age yeah. like i i think
0: given it's something that you know you want to ignore you don't want to discuss it well, we're going to try to discuss it as sensitively as possible but it's something that you have to think of when you're talking about a guy at his age like we're not talking about oscar Lindblom, who was a guy in his mid-20s when he was afflicted with what he was afflicted with you know like right that is young enough to bounce back have a good nhl career and Le- I'm not saying, like, LeTang's been, you know, he's still good. He could still play the game well. But I I didn't understand the contract when they signed it to him then. I don't understand it now. And when they have to rebuild, that's not good. <laughs> You're right. They might need Ron Hextall to clean up this cap situation, but he's the one. We're all looking for the guy who did this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine yeah. Tim Robinson's Mr. Hot Dog Man with a goatee, and you've got Ron Hextall right now.
1: <laughs> God, poor Ron. I guess. I do, I do get... Like, I, th- like, it's a shame because, like, Ron was such an icon, like a Flyers icon. And now, like, and I'm sure he'll, like, return to kind of being an icon once he's, like, done being a GM. But, like. Maybe he'll start a bait shop with Chuck Fletcher. He-, he has just tanked his reputation with the Flyers. And honestly, like, kind of around the hockey, not maybe not the hockey world, but, like. People do not think highly of Ron Hextall as a GM, and like, I can't right imagine now, that's he's kind of getting he's another general manager
0: position. Like I could see him getting assistant GM somewhere, but right. like I, I can't fathom somebody's looking at this and going, "This is the man who should lead right. our hockey yeah. team right now."
1: No, yeah, and and it's a shame because like it's it just sucks that, like I said before, like he was a Flyers icon and he still is but like people are knowing him more as a horrific GM as opposed to a very good goalie in the 90s and unfortunately that's that's part of the
0: risk you take when you do take on a managerial role with an organization and we've discussed this a little bit with Danny Breer coming in like Danny Breer nothing but glowing thoughts from Flyers fans because we think of him just crushing ass during the 2010 run you know he was just fucking awesome and now we're going to have to compete with that with thoughts of Daniel Briere, the GM, much like Bobby Clark, Bobby Clark, universally beloved Philadelphia flyer. He is easily, if not the best flyer of all time, one of the best flyers of all time, Bob Clark, the GM. Oh boy. Is that mixed reviews right there?
1: Yeah, it's yeah. There was a lot of good, but a whole lot of bad too. And sometimes you get some players who become GMs who are just as good at being a GM as they were a player. Like, like, Joe Sackick. Steve Eisenman. Is, it's annoying. Steve Eisenman. Like, it's annoying how good both of them are. They're just good at everything. I just feel like they're those kind of people who are just great at everything they do. And people like that piss me off, Steve, because I'm not good at anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're Some good people, at many
0: things, my friend.
1: Come on. I can, I, can, I can drink a glass of water in, like, four seconds, See? which I think is pretty cool. You're great at that? You're great really good at, at that. You're great at insane
0: food takes.
1: I am good at that, aren't I? Yeah, you're, you're
0: great at uh hurting my brain at least once a week. You do fantastic at that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's why I was born. We, we've, just had, to...
0: we've had at least. I was talking about this with a couple of people at the tailgate. I was like, "There's a couple times where you can hear me like my brain breaks on the air," which just makes for good podcasting.
1: Most recently, you did that when I said that I'm not a movie guy. Yeah. You were stunned. Well, I, I guess it was just like... You're just like, I don't care for movies. I'm like, what? It's I, not that I don't care for them. It's just like, I don't care enough about movies to see a bunch of them. <laughs> like, you you, don't, care, like you don't care
0: enough about movies to discuss a couple during the summer when there is nothing to do on the podcast? That, that, was, that was what stunned me.
1: <laughs> I'll do
0: it. I just like... But you went, you went, ugh. Like I I
1: assigned you homework. Honestly, that's what watching movies kind of feels like to me. Are you five (laughs) years old? I swear to God.
0: Actually, five-year-olds love watching movies. I don't understand, but whatever. I I, I don't, I I, I cannot, you're breaking my brain. Like
1: instead of watching movies, I'd rather, this is going to sound so lame. I would rather like write. About hockey? About the Philadelphia Flyers?
0: Yeah. (laughs) You are a crazy person. That's just insanity.
1: Or, like, go for a hike or something. I don't know. Ooh, I like to be healthy. No, I don't. That's what hiking is. Hiking is a healthy thing to do. Yeah, but then I come home and I eat, like, two pizzas. And it's it's DiGiorno pizzas, apparently. (laughs) Hell no. Well, don't get me wrong. I can crush a DiGiorno. I can crush a DiGiorno, Steve. No, thank you. But... Yeah, no, no I'll you. get some. There, all right, so I want to give. I, this isn't sponsored, obviously. There's a there's a pizza joint in Richmond called Belmont Pizza. That is the best pizza in the city of Richmond, Virginia. I was if gonna you say like, ever. If, if you're
0: talking about a, a a pizza place in Richmond, Virginia, on a Flyers podcast, I don't think your sponsorship is gonna matter much. Sure, sure.
1: Shitty, yeah, it's not gonna work. But like, if you are listening to this and you're ever in Richmond, go to Belmont Pizza. It is so goddamn good. It's the closest thing they have to like North east actual pizza. Everywhere else in Richmond is either horrific to just me, but like that place is it can go toe to toe with a lot of places in the northeast. It's fucking good.
0: Good to know. So okay, I don't want to talk about the movie thing too much longer. Why is it that <laughs> you can binge 10 episodes of an hour-long per episode TV series but not watch one 90-minute
1: movie? Because I feel like with a long TV series, I'm on a journey. You're on a journey in a movie. Yeah, but it's like, it's not a long enough journey. Oh my God. And I like to be able to like, I don't know. There's something about, I don't know. I can't really explain it to you. Maybe. It's very I, odd. I, I but think you like, need to watch more. I, I I, think I'm also stunned by this because when we first
0: started doing this, you were talking about Tarantino and stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is exciting. Somebody who
1: enjoys oh yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you're don't like, get me wrong. care
0: for movies.
1: So, like, I'll watch any Tarantino movie over and over and over and over and over again. But 99.9 percent Like, 99. I'm not talking about watching of... Citizen
0: Kane here, my guy. Like, like what? I, 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 I would have to cultivate a list, okay? But, like, oh, I have a ton... I watch a lot of movies. I know what... I think I could find stuff you would be interested in, okay? Like, I'm not talking about watching, like, Casablanca.
1: I don't know what that is. You don't. You I don't, don't know what I just Blanca
0: trust... is. No, not at all. Jesus Christ, were you born in a barn?
1: <laughs> no
0: this is insane no. right, we gotta get back to talk about hockey I, <laughs> I can't sick. do this you're I'm sick get, right i'm now. getting fired up it is almost 10 p.m on a fucking wednesday i am getting too fired up for this shit and we gotta get we gotta get into other stuff i i'm dropping this i cannot do this right now this is my blood pressure is going through the
1: roof i now i know i now know how to get to grind your gears and it's you're, just to say that any movie right stinks well, I, well I, there's
0: lots of movies that stink. I will say a number of movies stink. But to say Have you seen that movie- movies stink as a whole is insane to me. But they don't. They don't stink they as don't. a whole. But I just don't you enjoy do care them for as movies, much as many just, other people. Okay. Okay. Let me say this. It was a very catch-all thing to say that I thought was just, a, a, a just limiting in a way that
1: upset me. Have you seen Kung Pao Enter the Fist? I am aware of it. I have not seen it. That. If you want to see a good movie, Steve. That's
0: a very silly movie.
1: Oh, no. It's a good, one of the best movies of all time. Yeah. (laughs) You don't believe me. It's, I grew up with that movie and it's so funny. See, you do like
0: movies and I just think, so I I do. I, I found your statement blatantly false and now I've proven it as such. So now I'm satisfied.
1: I, it's not that I don't like movies. I just don't watch them often. But you said I don't care for movies. So that sounded like you said I, I, don't. I don't. I don't. Like, I You care, do, though. Like, you do. So, all right. So there's a selection no, of I, I'm movies done with that it. I, I do care about. about anyway. But I, I don't I'm so care if this. I miss a movie. Like, like, I haven't seen a single superhero movie. Well, that's not of your thing, Marvel though. Universe.
0: But that, uh, that's the thing. Like, that's not your thing. And I get yeah. that. But that doesn't mean you don't like movies just because you don't like. Marvel movies that just means yeah I you don't I, I like don't that just like
1: again I don't dislike movies well you made it I sound like would... you,
0: that's why you broke my brain because you made it sound like I don't like any movie. like I don't care no, for no, movies no no as a whole like no, no you just don't like certain movies which is what every like I have movies I've never seen and never cared to see. I watch a shit ton of them this is okay yeah. this is this is going in circles I'm I'm we got to we gotta go on. We got to move on. We got a lot of bullshit to talk about. All right. Let's all move right. on, all right? Because I, I had this whole transition set up from BSH 2.0 tailgate to talking about it. what else was going on on Easter Sunday. And apparently the White House welcomed in two of the scariest creatures they possibly could with Gritty and the Philly Fanatic.
1: Oh, boy. And I
0: can't believe the building is still standing after our favorite monsters visited. I mean, I. Like, Gritty twerked at the White House. He did. (laughs) It's a phenomenal thing to think about. So funny. Not only is there a Flyers fan living in the White House, but they invited Gritty and Gritty twerked. And
1: wow. Joe and Jill Biden must have been concocting those. What's that dance that thing's doing? Huh. That's neat. Yeah. How about that? I don't know. Like, Gritty needs to go to the White House far more often. Maybe Gritty could be one of the new secretaries, the Secretary of Chaos. He needs to be the Secretary of Defense. <laughs>
0: Imagine... Imagine this. It could be the Secretary of Defense. Or they. I think Gritty, you know, there is nothing.
1: You, know, they, they, yeah, you, you can't assign anything
0: to Gritty because Gritty is
1: just Gritty. Yeah. He's an. He's absolutely an it. That's fair. I think that's fair.
0: Whatever I don't know Gritty what is, he is, Gritty, I, I think, needs a, a very high position in the government. Because clearly, we can trust Gritty to get things done.
1: Imagine being a country that has beef with the United States. And you're like, planning an attack, like, oh, we're going to get them," And then you realize gr- Gritty, Gritty is in charge of exacting revenge. Oh, You're not yeah. going to attack. You're
0: not going to do anything. North Korea is just going to be trembling in its boots when Gritty just parachutes in.
1: <laughs> God. And he twerks all over
0: everybody. See, this is, I'm going to write this movie. And it's going to be number one at the box office
1: for 40 weeks straight. So, okay. Real quick. So, I actually did come up with a movie idea that I think needs to be a movie in real life. I think we may have talked about this before, but I want to bring it up again. I want to make a movie, um, I don't really care for him, but starring Seth Rogen (laughs) and, and it's going to be a Christmas movie called a Mary Jane Christmas where like Seth Rogen and who's the Canadian guy, Seth Rogen. Oh, he's Canadian. Yes. He's very Canadian. Who's who's the other Canadian Jay Baruchel. Jay Baruchel. Yes. Um, where he and Seth Rogen are just like, the plot is they're like stoners and they're in their apartment on Christmas Eve and they make like hash cookies or something. Santa comes, turns out he's real. Santa comes and he has the hash cookies thinking they're normal cookies and they all get high as hell together. And then they just go around the world on Santa's sleigh delivering presents and getting into mishaps and stuff. A Mary Jane Christmas. How is this not a movie?
0: This sounds sounds a little bit, not not a ton, but it does it does overlap a, a tiny bit with, I believe, the Harold and Kumar Christmas
1: movie. Did they uh, get Santa Claus high?
0: I forget if they got Santa specifically high, but I think they might have killed Santa by accident at some point and had to fulfill his duties.
1: Oh, <laughs> Or well. he,
0: they hurt him or something. I forget the exact details. I did not watch it very closely, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, that's my movie idea. Oh, there, okay. you, there you go. Okay,
0: go uh, hit up Seth Rogen on Instagram when he's uh, not busy making bongs.
1: Yeah, because that was oh, that what he's doing now. That's his
0: entire Instagram. is just him making like pipes and bongs and pottery.
1: <sighs> the man loves. You know, he's got passions. He's so on brand. And you know what? I got to give it to him. Like he has, he's never changed. He's always been exactly this guy. Seth you know? Rogen is who he is. You know, he, yeah. he, and I commend I, you him. have to
0: respect, like he's always him.
1: Yeah. I commend him.
0: And he, he never changes his laugh. Even, even when he's starring in a, <laughs> a prestige Spielberg movie, he's still doing the Seth Rogen laugh. <laughs> yeah. I can't quite do it uh, to my satisfaction. But uh you know, we all know what it sounds like. We've all heard Seth. Rollins yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know that. It's Yeah. Yeah. So, we got to talk hockey at some point, unfortunately. I know, I know. But here's the good news, folks. You might even be listening to this after it's over, but there's only one game left in this godforsaken season, and that's when the Flyers take on the other losers out there, the Chicago Blackhawks on 4/13 on Thursday. We are almost there. We see the light at the end of the tunnel. The finish line is here, thankfully, and I am excited. And, you know, I haven't rooted for the Flyers to win all season, and this might be the one time I root for them to win because it would make Chicago's odds of getting Cotter Bedard worse.
1: You might as well, because, like, the Flyers are locked in with the seventh pick, yeah, assuming like assuming the draft lottery keeps everything intact the way it is, which it won't. But, like, right now the Flyers have the seventh best odds in the lottery. Um, they're locked in there. Which gives them they a 6.5% much...
0: chance at first. It's a, not quite a nice chance, but close yeah. to
1: nice. But they've been locked into the seventh place slot for, honestly, a couple of weeks now. And, like, at this point, like, why not win the last game of the year and just, like, dunk on the Blackhawks?
0: Right, because... It'll be fun. The Chicago is currently... In the bottom with Columbus, Anaheim, and San Jose. Columbus has 57 points, Anaheim 58, Chicago 58, and San Jose has 60. So, actually, no. We want the Flyers to lose. So, that actually... No, never mind. Lose again. I was completely wrong in my logic here. Lose again, you bastards. (laughs) You you win by letting Chicago... You you win by losing to Chicago because Chicago gains more points in the standings and then has worse odds at Bedard. But what if... I rescind my statement.
1: But what if... All right, so what if it's an overtime game and the Flyers win an overtime? I don't want
0: to... No, I don't want them to win. I want Chicago to get the maximum amount of points.
1: Would the... All right, I need to look at the standings. I just told you the standings. Chicago's yeah, got
0: 58, okay. Anaheim is 58, Columbus has 57, and San Jose has 60.
1: I know, I'm like, I need to, like, have Chicago's played I'm 81 like
0: games, good. San Jose's played 80. And San Jose's playing tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was wrong. So rescind, like, two minutes of statement there. They, they're going to get Bedard. No. No, I
1: refuse. I'm convinced they're gonna get.
0: Everybody's convinced. I refuse. I refuse. I don't want this to happen. I'm trying to manifest it the other way.
1: I will say, a couple weeks ago, I did um, the tankathon, like lottery simulator. First, first go around, Blackhawks, of course. But then a couple days later, I was like, let's try this again. In my first try, was the Flyers. You tell me, there's a chance. A it's chance. a 6.5% chance, but there is a chance
0: it could happen. And they could also, they could get second. Uh, Fantilli
1: isn't Bedard, but he's pretty damn good. I'd be very he's happy really with good. Fantilli. Yeah. Fantilli, Leo Carlson, uh, Will Smith. Haha. Uh-huh. Uh, I would even be happy with Michkov, even though we have no idea if we'll ever see him. Yeah, I
0: know. But the talent is undeniable. The talent is absolutely there. You've said before, so my, of the teams that are really like actively in the lottery right now with like Arizona, Montreal, San Jose, Chicago, Anaheim, Columbus, Chicago is my absolutely do not want team in there. I do not want them to enjoy Connor Bedard. They have enjoyed Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tays for far too long, entirely too much success. Fuck Chicago. No, thank you. Not the city, this hockey team. I like the city. All the other teams I don't give a shit about. Uh, I've stated I think Arizona would be a waste. I think Montreal would be fine. It'd be good for the sport, I guess. Although, you know, who cares? Uh, San Jose is also kind of the same situation where it's like, it's fine, but not like exciting. Columbus,
1: I know how you feel on that. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I swear to God. I'm fine with it. I swear to God. I'm fine with it. They don't deserve any elite talent. Sorry, Goudreau, but, like, they don't deserve But this isn't about deserves. This is just about who lost the most. There's no deserve to be found here. Yeah, but, like, they but don't But Chicago deserve doesn't deserve
0: shit. It. Chicago should be fucking eliminated from the league for
1: their crimes, their actual crimes. Like, yeah, well, you're right. And so the two teams I least want to get Bedard are Chicago and Columbus because Chicago is, like, obviously – the crazy things that have happened with them over the last few years. And even
0: without that stuff, they've been wildly successful for the past, like decade of hockey or a little over a decade.
1: So fuck them. But also Columbus just, uh, they're so irrelevant. So irrelevant. But but here's
0: the thing. This could actually put them on the map. And, and I want them on the map. But guess what? They're there, and they have crowds that actually show up already.
1: They're not going anywhere, Ryan. Oh, I know the Blue Jackets aren't going anywhere, but I just think that team in the fan base is a bunch of losers. Why are and the I fans want... losers? I don't know, because they're from Ohio. But that, they're recently. not. That doesn't make them losers. That just means
0: they are like born into a, a you know subpar state. I mean. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. they maybe, seem, they okay, seem maybe like pretty not decent them. fans to me, is all I'm saying. Like, th- they're showing up every night for that crappy team, and, like, the jacket backers over there, like, listen, they're not the, the prettiest,
1: they're not the greatest, but you know what? They're there. I would just want to see Bedard in an actual city. Well, you know my feelings on Phoenix,
0: so that doesn't count. They don't even fucking <laughs> play there. Uh... Anaheim, I would like to him in San Jose. Anaheim isn't even it, quite a... No, Anaheim's like a part of LA, basically. Yeah, it's But you know what? LA. It's still part of LA. And I'll tell you what. I am fully on board if the Flyers don't get it for Bedard going to the Ducks. Only if the Ducks restore the right and proper Mighty Ducks logo and colors. Okay? Get rid of this yeah. stupid fucking Web D. It stinks. It stinks.
1: Get rid of it. What I would love... Is if Vancouver? Oh, they could. Is Vancouver even they, in the running still? So they're tenth place, which means they are like in the window where they could go up, but like obviously the odds of them jumping up from ten to one. Oh, so slim. On which, that note, love by the that. way.
0: I would be furious if Detroit or Washington got it either Detroit, Washington, Detroit, the NHL. I could see if they don't rig it for Chicago, I could see them rigging it for Detroit because Detroit is one of the premier franchises. They are an original six. Like they are one of the premier, but you know what? I'm still fucking salty about 1997. Fuck the Red Wings. Uh, the Washington Capitals, these motherfuckers have had Alex Ovechkin for like ever, like the the lifetime of some of the people listening to this podcast. Okay. I do not want this. He can't like, we're just about to, like we're just about to lose Crosby and Ovechkin. I can't take another one. Like, I I, I don't know why I could take a superstar in the division for Columbus, but not for Washington. But you know what? Like, I don't really care about Columbus. I don't even remember they're in our division
1: half the time. And that's the thing, like, I want Bedard to go to a team that I care about. Whether I care about them in a good way or a bad way, I want to feel feelings. Oh, no, no, no. It.
0: Absolutely fucking not. I will feel nothing but red-hot rage if he's in Chicago, and I don't want to feel that. i felt enough red-hot rage. I'm a Philadelphia Flyers fan.
1: I agree. I don't want him in Chicago, but if he does go to Chicago, I'll have something to root against. <sighs> I have plenty of shit to root against, my friend. I'm a Flyers fan, as I said. I have
0: a lot of shit to root I want to root yeah. against
1: half my team. If he goes to Washington, though, oh, God. Like, just, oh, my God. Agony. I will Pain. It will be miserable. Absolutely miserable. I can't. I just can't if that happens. Yeah. Vancouver would be fun. I'm in for Vancouver. Sure. I would love Vancouver. He's from Vancouver. Or like from that area, I guess. So close enough, you know, Canada. It's like one giant state, right? Yeah, it's and all nearby Hearst. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The blues. If if the blues. Uh, oh no! Fuck the blues!
0: Bit. Absolutely not. You can, uh, with all the Gloria bullshit. No! Fuck the blues.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry. They got their victory song from a South Philly social club. Uh, no. I don't want them in Montreal because like. Montreal, like, they – so I have this weird thing where I feel like – I think we talked about this before. I feel like every player who plays for the Canadians have to be French-Canadian. I think it's and only the, the coach and personnel. Like, not it the, is. Not,
0: I don't think it's so much the personnel. I think it's just more the coaching and, like, it's the, only the coach personnel.
1: Yeah, but, like, still, I'm like, no. If they're going to make them do that, the players have to speak French, too. Nah, so. I don't
0: know. I mean, they got – have sweaters, one of the
1: classics. I don't
0: know. I wouldn't mind the have so much. I don't
1: know. But I would, I to would go you mind t- like
0: I, I don't know, like the only ones that make me feel red hot rage are the Capitals, Red Wings,
1: and the Blackhawks. That's it. To me, it's just Washington, um, Columbus and Chicago. But yet again, I'm gonna be... plea
0: to our good friend, friend of the show, Gary Bettman, who we respect and is tall and tan and all that great stuff and has great hair, let me tell you. And has great plans for the league. The ads on the board are great. I love ads on the jersey. Oh, God, I'm sick. But, Gary, (laughs) hockey is better when the Philadelphia Flyers are a good competitive hockey team. Fucking rig this for us. We need this. Make the Flyers great.
1: We do need this badly.
0: And I didn't mean in that way that Tony D'Angelo might mean it. I mean it in an entirely different way. So don't associate the two.
1: It just feels like the Flyers are due for something like this, doesn't it? Oh, like, oh my god, we've been due for
0: it for forever, and you
1: know, yes, I am aware. Would this be the perfect time it, for it to this happen? Is the
0: perfect time to revitalize the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers, please, please.
1: Ninety-eight Bedard on the Flyers. Oh, it's sexy. like too good to even envision. I can't even envision it because I know it's not going to happen, and I am just trying. My, I think my brain is literally like. Trying to keep that from being an image in my head.
0: If this happens, if you make this happen, Gary, I'm going to frame a picture of Gary Bettman and hang it up behind me in my new podcast studio. Okay, so anytime I film something in the new podcast studio, you will see Gary Bettman directly behind me. I'm going to do it like like a a propaganda poster of Gary Bettman, okay? That our glorious leader is looking down upon us, okay? So make this happen, Gary, and I will enshrine you in my home.
1: You know that George Costanza painting of him on the couch in his underwear? Yes. I will get that, but I will have Gary Bettman's head like put on top of George Costanza's head.
0: There you go. There you go. And wait,
1: to, to make
0: this spicier, and I know Gary wants this to happen, not only will... I frame a photo of Gary Bettman and hang it up behind me in the pod studio. I will also finally follow through and buy the Irish Ophipula jersey that I said I <laughs> would buy years ago if the Flyers came back in the series against the Penguins and Valtteri Filpula was a key part of it. Okay. I will fucking buy the Ophipula jersey if Gary Bettman makes the number one pick for the Philadelphia Flyers happen this year, okay, Gary, everybody wants this, okay? Everybody wants Ophilpula on my back at the next tailgate. So make this happen, make everybody happy. Finally give a crowd pleaser, alright? Let's go. Let's fucking Come on, go Gary. Let's go.
1: Let's go! Yeah. Woo!
0: <sighs> I'm I just cannot wait to the season to be done. I'm just so tired and it's, this is just as the latest in a miserable, miserable series of flyer seasons, but let's wrap up the flyer season kind of just talking about some of the team awards and like some of the better players from the season, if that's even a thing. So they gave out the flyers team awards and I know you would not discuss it last week on the show because you had an article on Broadstreethockey.com to uh, provide the wonderful people, but I'd like to talk about the awards that did go out there. So the Bobby Clark Trophy, the Team MVP, went to Carter Hart. I was a little surprised by this. My pick would have been Travis Konecny. Uh, I I get the logic behind Carter Hart here because you know he yeah. he had good numbers despite the crappy defense, but I I don't know. I really thought Travis Konecny was such a difference maker. And the team was so much better when he was in the lineup versus when he wasn't.
1: It really does come down to, like, I feel like no one will really disagree. The two MVPs of the team were Hart and Konechny. And I feel like what it came down to was, like, Konechny missed a bunch of time due to injuries in Cart. Cart. Hart. Like, he missed some time due to injuries, too. But, like, He was – he stole so many games for the Flyers this year. Unfortunately. Like, if it wasn't for Carter Hart, the Flyers legit might have gotten the first pick. Ugh. Like – Wouldn't that have been nice? Because, I mean, so often – Should have traded into the Golden
0: Knights at the beginning of the season, like I said.
1: Yeah. He stood on his head so often this year. And his numbers are, like – If you look at his numbers, like they're mid, like he looks like a mid goalie, but like given what he was playing behind, he did masterful work and like, um, yeah, no, I, I, it makes sense that he got it, but I still would have given it to connect just because of how, I mean, he, he went through that one stretch where he was just unstoppable and he looked incredible.
0: Even though he missed all that time, he still led the team in goals
1: with 29
0: and he led the team in points with 57. Like clearly he was a pivotal force and one of the main drivers of Flyers offense this season.
1: And he might hit 30 goals. If he scores against Chicago, he could hit the 30 goal mark. So I'll tell you what, that's one thing I'll root
0: for because I am always a big Travis Konechny fan and I would actually like to see him have success. So I will root for him to get that 30th goal.
1: Yeah. He deserves it. Definitely.
0: For sure. The Barry Ashby trophy for best defenseman. I was a little surprised by this one too. Went to Ivan Provorov and I, I would have picked Cam York myself, you know, even despite my feelings about Provorov, given the pride night debacle and everything. I still think Cam York, even though he wasn't there at the beginning of the season, ended up being the Flyers' most reliable defenseman for a large part, if not most
1: of the season. So I actually predicted this award would go to Provorov, and not because he deserves it, but because it just they had to give it to someone, and he's the guy who is kind of their number one defenseman, which is, like, really cringe to say because he's not even close to number one defenseman quality but he's like the flyers top defensive guy and despite his clear regression over the last few years like he's still arguably their best defenseman right now and so it it made sense that they would give it to him i i personally would have given it to I probably also would have given it to Cam York, but it's hard to give it to a rookie, especially when he hasn't even spent the whole season with the Flyers. So I don't know. I, I think I'm not surprised Proverb got it because they had to give it to someone and he's just the guy that they'd give this award to every year. So. <laughs> the Yannick Dupree Memorial Award for
0: class guy went to Justin Braun. Fine with this. just. <laughs> Fine. Uh, I gave him the award for guy I barely remembered was there, but uh, Justin Prong gets this one. I would have picked James Van Riemsdyk, but who gives a shit? Broner's fine. Got no problem with Bron.
1: I thought this award was going to go to Nick Delorier, just because it feels like this is kind of like the, for lack of better phrasing, it feels like it's kind of like the goon award. <laughs> like, well, sure, Zach because, McEwen got it last year. Well, then
0: they're, they're usually the good locker room glue guys, you know. Like, there's yeah there's a reason that they keep bringing these guys in, even though their role is like dead in the NHL. And it's usually cause they're actually good guys, despite the fact that they like to punch your fucking face in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, but I'm glad Justin Braun got it because like he has kind of handled this season pretty well. Like he's never going to be a guy who's like, Oh God, I should be in the lineup every night, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like he's never going to make a, you know, make a scene or anything like that. And, um, He's probably been better than a lot of the defensemen who have played over him, um, but he dealt with it and he was just like, eh, this is the card I've been dealt or the hand I've been dealt. So yeah, yeah, good for Braun. I'm glad. A, now he can ride off into the sunset and sign with somewhere else if he pleases. He's a chill guy. Uh, should probably retire, but hey, if you want to sign somewhere, go nuts. I, I have no problem.
0: <laughs> I'm the neutral guy from Futurama. I feel neither way about this. Like I, I, yeah, man, talk about a player I could not give a hot take about. It is Justin Braun. The Pelly Lindbergh Memorial yeah. for Most Improved goes to Owen Tippett. I think this one was such a no-brainer. Like, who can disagree yeah. with that?
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think everybody had a feeling that this would go to Tippett just because he's been – like, his first – his start to the year was, like, okay. But, like, after, like, the Christmas break or somewhere around there, he just started going nuts. And, I, and it's so poetic that he's the one – who, ended, who scored the game winner in overtime in the home finale last night against the Blue Jackets. Um, and he's just – he's been amazing, really. He's really developing into a legitimate offensive weapon for the Flyers, which is they needed someone like that. And it's great to see that they're getting that from someone in-house and they're not trading for someone like that. Like hes he is organically developing into that, and it's great to see. Something clicked for
0: him this year. Just something started working for him this year. And it's been phenomenal to watch. And I don't use the word phenomenal about really anything else in this team. But he's been legitimately exciting. And frankly, I think he's going to hit 30 goals next year. I really do. He could. He totally could. I really I like if I had I might put a bet down if I can find a site that will put up a a hockey bet for a guy scoring thirty plus goals and I think Owen Tippett is gonna hit thirty next year. I really do. I think he took that big of a leap, and I think he's gonna take another leap. I think this coaching staff likes him. I think they're all on the same page, so I love to see that.
1: I, I I don't think you're totally off base by saying that. I think especially next year, like he's gonna be getting a lot more minutes that he was getting at like in the second half of this season which he was not getting at the first half of the season so like he's gonna get more time on ice he's gonna be put in position to succeed more he's gonna get a lot more power play time and um yeah i could he could hit 30 next year i don't think he, he has 26 i, I don't want to say it's yeah i, I don't want to say it's like a guarantee or anything but, the like, thing it's is it's not a doable. huge
0: leap it's just like All he has to do is take like another step and he's there.
1: It's not, it's
0: not a big leap at all.
1: Yeah, no, no, I I agree. I I think he could definitely do it. Yeah. Love to see
0: Tipper do that. Like he's, he's one of the guys who I'm excited about. We're going to get to that in a moment. Last award given out was the Gene Hart Award for work ethic and dedication. The most heart and the laziest answer. They gave it to Carter Hart. who's got the word heart. In his name, I was legitimately shocked this wasn't Scott Lawton. Because when I think about guys with heart on this current team, Scott Lawton is the first person who comes to mind for me.
1: So Carter Hart gets the Gene Hart. And...
0: The vaunted Toyota oh, wow. cup, cup, who everybody, you know... Everybody's on the edge of the seat who got the most Toyota Cups.
1: Yeah, did, he got that too, didn't he? Yeah. Damn, so Carter Hart got three awards. He did. He did. I didn't realize yeah. that. I thought he only got two. So, uh, yeah, that's
0: uh that's the it. heart wins the heart. He's he's winning that. That's just it's just lazy
1: writing, guys. What are we doing here? This is this is the real heart trophy yeah. in the NHL. <laughs> there you go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Eric Lindros last one. Should have been Klatsura. Should have been Klatsura.
1: God damn right. Yeah. So, This
0: brings me to, I just had a few questions about the future of the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers here. So my first question for you, who is one player on the roster who you think will be a key part of the next Flyers playoff team? Now, realistically talking, it most likely won't be next season. There is a a possibility, depending on how Danny Briere rebuilds this team. The season after, there's a very slim possibility, but we're probably looking more like three to four seasons until this team returns to the playoffs, which is painful to hear, but we have to be realistic. And given that, who do you think is one guy who will be a key part of the next Flyers playoff team?
1: So this is kind of a cop-out because we were just talking about him, but I do feel like Owen Tippett will be part of it because I feel like John Tortorella loves him so much, and it just feels like the Flyers could re-up him but maybe even this summer they might say you know what like we see you as being a part of this team in getting this team back on track we're just going to sign you to like a five-year extension now um which like could come in handy if he ends up becoming like a 70 80 point player at some point down the road i'm not saying that's going to happen but like if he does and they sign him like a five-year deal deal with like a 6.5 cap hit that's a good good investment you know um so I don't. I feel like Owen Tippett is definitely the guy who's going to be around the next time the Flyers are good. And I mean, Danny Briere has come out and said like, we don't want to trade our young guys. We like what we have in our young guys. We like Tippett. We like York. We like Cates. Like, um, I I don't know. I could just see them kind of uh, really moving forward with those three guys. Maybe like they wouldn't be the core or anything like that. But those are. Big pieces, and I feel like Owen Tippett is the biggest one of all of them. I feel like York could
0: be a core guy, depending on how they move forward with the defense. I, you know, it depends on your definition of core here. But like York is definitely a guy who I see in the top four for this defense for the next few years. And I agree with you on Tippett. The interesting thing is we're not saying Travis Konechny here, and I, I, I think Travis Konechny is such a great player that I really almost want to trade him to not only spare him from the next few years of pain, but also because his value really is not going to be higher than it is right now. So, like, I, I would see it as a very savvy move to trade Travis Connectney, but I would also be incredibly sad if they did.
1: And Travis connectney after this year, only has two years remaining on his contract. Like, I could see... After, you know, in the 2024-25 season, if the Flyers are, once again, not going to be a playoff team and they're sellers at the trade deadline, he would be a perfect trade deadline trade chip. You know, Um so I, I just, I don't, could he be around? Yeah, but like, I, I'm just not expecting it just because he's not old, but he's not necessarily a young guy yet or young guy anymore. And I I don't know. I just, it feels like he's just kind of part of the old flyers.
0: Yeah. He's very in between in that regard. Like
1: he is, and he isn't, I, I can see it going either way, but for some reason I'm, I'm my gut says he will not be on the next playoff team. So that brings me to my
0: next question. Who is a player under 30 that you do not think will be a part of the next Flyers playoff team? Under 30? Under 30 was my, my big qualifier here because I didn't start Steve. Well, because like, I didn't want to get guys like JVR or Hayes in here because like JVR is a free agent. He's gone. Hayes. I mean, we see the writing on the wall. He's he might be a Columbus Blue Jacket tomorrow, for all we know. You know, like it seems like that's coming, and then, well, like you know, I'm also talking about bigger names. Like I'm not talking about like fucking Brendan Lemieux. Like yeah, yeah. I'm thinking more like Ivan Provorov, who despite. Uh, only being 26 it feels like he's been here for 15 years you know like he's been here a while at this point that was not even a good one so that's better but Ivan Provorov has been here for a hot damn minute and he's 26 years old but it really feels like I I, again two years ago if you asked me is Ivan Provorov going to still be on this team in five years I would have said yeah absolutely and now i'm like i don't think he'll be here past the summer
1: yeah he's the number one guy i look at when it comes to like guys under 30 who will not be here um like he's just it just feels like he's done with this team and it feels like the team's kind of done with him like tortorella even came out the other day and said like yeah he frustrates me he like he can be a frustrating player um and like it just feels like he's I don't know, like from last year's uh, locker cleanout day, he got kind of snippy with the media Um, and like his play has just regressed so much. He's not a number one defenseman. He probably thinks he is, but he's not. It just feels like he it feels like he's going to be moved soon. And it feels like he needs to be moved. It feels like he needs a fresh yeah. start
0: somewhere. Because both
1: for him and the team. Yeah,
0: like I don't think this relationship is working out for either party at this point.
1: Right. On the topic of defensemen, I think we could confidently say Tony D'Angelo will not be part of the Flyers. You talk about Probably. a guy who might
0: not make it through the summer. I mean, like he's been a healthy yeah. scratch for what 3 games in a
1: row now? Uh 4. And he might not play against in in the season finale. He they, they literally scratched him on Sunday against the Bruins. They decided they would rather play five defensemen instead of let Tony D'Angelo play. Yikes. So clearly something is going on behind the scenes that like we don't know about. And yeah, I don't know. That's it's- one of those
0: moves that I would love to get the inside story on who pulled the trigger on that. Like if that was Chuck Fletcher, if that was Bill Barber, if that was Bob Clark, Paul Holmgren, like whose decision was that? Because the way he was played at the front half of the season where how he's being played now is very different.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's totally different. And, um, it's just, (sighs) It just feels like he's just not vibing with Torts at all. Do you think it's the whole he doesn't play defense aspect? Yeah, could be. be. You would think that I would have something to do with it. But, like, the interesting thing is, like, Torts has said a lot of good things about Tony D'Angelo, too.
0: It's gone out of his way at times to say good things about him when uh, no one would think to say a good thing. And Torts is like, no, here's
1: some good stuff to say. Yeah, yeah. And so, I don't know, it's... It's an interesting thing that's going on right now, but it just feels like something happened between Torts and D'Angelo. And it, I mean, this doesn't happen without the- Maybe invited him on watch your tone. I don't know. Like with Tony D'Angelo, like this doesn't happen. Like a player like him, I know he's like horrible defensively, but like he does add something to the team in like halfway decent offense. Like he's pretty good. He's second
0: player. on the team in assists. He's got 31. Hayes yeah. leads the way with 36. So all the guys the Torts loves are one and
1: two in there. Right. But it just feels like this isn't something that a team or head coach would do to a player who's expected to be back the next year. Like ending the season with healthy scratching him potentially for five straight games, including the season finale. Like that's bad. It's really bad and it doesn't feel like he is someone who is really safe to return next season. I don't want this to happen
0: because I, I don't like Brendan Lemieux, but how fucking funny would it be if the Flyers like bought out or traded Tony D'Angelo and kept Brendan Lemieux after all that?
1: Yeah. It, it, oh, it'd be amazing. Now uh, let me say all right, so speaking of that, so oh, the
0: disgusting brothers are
1: gonna get broken up. It'd be it just be tragic. <laughs> I wrote a story on Monday basically saying like, hey, here's the case for buying out Tony D'Angelo. And a lot of people are like, why would they do that? He only has one year left in his contract, which like, yeah, but like so did Oscar Lindblom and the Flyers had no problem buying him out. Well, now granted, I, it was a little bit of a different situation, but.
0: The situa- the comparable I see there is Andrew McDonald because they bought out Andrew McDonald at the end of his contract and yeah. he had an incredibly similar cap hit to Tony D'Angelo. It might even be identical.
1: Uh, Six years, 30 million. Yeah. Yeah. Five million. Yeah. So
0: I, like and the, the thing is, <laughs> they play defense about as well as each other, but
1: D'Angelo <laughs> actually provides some offense sometimes. But here's the thing though. So yeah, the optimal move would be to trade Tony D'Angelo and get assets back. But at this point, Who's trading for Tony D'Angelo? A player who's known to play absolutely zero defense, and he's a defenseman. He plays zero defense as a defenseman, and he has very bad off-ice problems. Yeah, he's a potential PR nightmare. PR circus happens if you bring him in. Like, basically, the only way you can trade for him is if you're Carolina— and you have one of the
0: best defensemen in the game that you can just hook him up to that will make sure he does not fuck up. But you really need to have an elite defenseman, and you really have to be willing to roll that dice. And also, now that the Flyers have him on, like, a $5 million cap hit, like, I don't know. I feel like there's better ways to spend your $5 million if you are running an NHL team.
1: Yeah, and, like, listen, If, if there's... Well, let me go let me backtrack real fast. So like he's horrible at defense. he is a, he will cause a media circus in whatever team he goes to. and the team is literally cho- consciously choosing to play shorthanded and make everyone else play take on more minutes instead of playing Tony D'Angelo. That's how much they don't want him to play right now. And here's the main thing. why aren't they playing him? That's the big question. There must be a reason behind it. And it probably will turn out that that reasoning or the, that uh, Tony D'Angelo did something not great. So, um, I don't know. It, it feels like, it, it just feels like the trade market will not be favorable for him. If the Flyers had to give up assets to get rid of Shane Goss Bear, imagine what they'd have to do to, get, to trade away Tony D'Angelo. Well, to
0: be fair, I will say they have a new GM in town, and I don't know anything about how Danny Briere is going to operate as general manager. Right, right. But I have to imagine he's got a better poker face than Chuck Fletcher, whose poker face was basically
1: grinning when he had a pair of aces. You're right. But the issue here is like, I don't know how much Danny Briere, being the GM can change the trade market for him. Like, yeah, maybe he could try and sell him a little bit more or a little bit better. But like the price, it, t- the, the, like the, thing, the, the, the Kelly blue book
0: value of Tony D'Angelo is not good. It's bad.
1: Yeah. It's very bad. And like, it just feels like if they, if they trade Tony D'Angelo, they're going to have to retain absolutely 50% of his salary, which is the maximum under the current CBA. They're going to have to retain 50%. And then potentially add sweeteners in as well. And like Fly- if they do that, Flyers fans will be pissed. They'll be like, why don't we just keep him if we have to give up assets? Oh, I and I like, agree
0: with that. I would rather just – I agree with the buyout in that scenario. At this point, just
1: buy him out. Like, I mean, if, you, if he's really – if he's gotten to the point where he's become a cancer in the locker room, which is likely. I mean, we don't know how he is
0: in the locker room to be – Totally honest with you, like we we actually didn't hear bad things out of Carolina about his relationship with people. We know at least one guy loves him over there, and we don't know how it is there. But like, if he has a bad relationship with the head coach or the front office in any way, or if the front office doesn't see value in him and they don't, I think in at least the past few games they haven't seen him as a valuable player. That's a big friggin' problem.
1: Well, is it such a coincidence that after the Blues game? Rocky Thompson came out after the game and said, yeah, some guys, it looks like they just don't care. And then ever since that comment, Tony D'Angelo has been scratched. Mm. So you can read the writing on the wall there if you'd like to. Yeah. Again,
0: don't know if that affects his relationship with people in the locker room, but the relationship with the coaching staff is not looking very good right now.
1: Well, I think that's part of the locker room dynamic too.
0: I guess I tend to think think locker room is more the relationship with the guys. And then I I don't know, but maybe I'm just thinking of it too narrowly.
1: But at this point, like if the, if Tony D'Angelo is being more of a headache than, than the solution, he's not going to be part of the next flyers, good flyers team. Like that seems pretty evident and if he's being a headache in the in the locker room or whatever, just get rid of him. Like p- the Flyers aren't going to be paying up to the cap for the next several years. Just get r- rid of him. If you got to pay him out and take on a, a two million dollar cap hit in twenty 2020, twenty what twenty twenty four twenty five whatever, yeah. Like just get rid of the guy. Well, and I'd rather see younger guys
0: getting the chance, like even unproven commodities, like Ronnie Addert or somebody, like,
1: right. let's yeah.
0: get them up here let's see what they got, because like I, I think you have to see what you have or even like, I don't know, if there's a guy who's young out on the, the open market that you want to give a shot to, that maybe doesn't have quite a pedigree, like, let's give somebody a shot, but like, I think at this point you know very much what you have in Tony D'Angelo, and this is not a Chuck and Rasmus versus Lyndon situation where he's completely deluded himself into thinking, okay, this guy hasn't worked out. Maybe I could still make him work out. Like, yeah, this is very much it. Like, we know what we have. The coaches don't really seem to be liking him lately. Uh, I don't know how the general manager feels, but I, I think it's a very different philosophy than the predecessor. Uh, In this regard, and certainly uh, more refreshing uh, views, I would think, on some of the, I I would say, more advanced ways of looking at the game. So, you know, the writing's kind of on the wall, and I don't expect him to be here. No, not at all. Uh, And there's, I would say there's a lot of guys that I kind of don't expect to be here, but those are a couple of the big names. I mean, I guess I'm going to lay one more on you, and then we can kind of wrap things up. Well, I have one more question, so I want to get things moving though. Cause I know you got to go. I got to go. We got to get wrapped up. What about Travis Sanheim? Travis Sanheim has eight yeah. year contract kicking in big old contract. And there have been trade rumors about him, but that's a tough contract to move. He's certainly, you know, he's young still. Travis Sanheim is 27. He's kind of in his prime right now, but has not played up to his potential by any means this year. So, at this point, do you see Travis Sanheim as part of the next Flyers playoff team? And if so, do you think it's just because of his contract?
1: I I honestly have no idea what's going to happen to Travis Sanheim. He... That contract is so bad. And... It he could be bad. Been, I, I he has not been good. I'm this actually year. not
0: willing to declare it so bad just yet. I think it it has the potential to be a disaster, just like with Sean Couturier. I think both of these are potentially disastrous contracts that I'm not willing to declare total disaster. But that's just my two cents.
1: Yeah, like just based on his play this year and the contract starting next year for eight years. It just doesn't feel good at no, all. And as I said at the beginning of the season,
0: I, I still don't understand why Chuck Fletcher was allowed to do that.
1: Yeah, like, why did he do it? Like, and why did he do it, like, bef- hours before the first game? Like, it was just weird. None of it made sense. I could... I just don't know how they... Uh, unless he, like, starts really playing well. Like, some teams might be interested in him. Like, even with the term, like... I know uh, Elliot Friedman has reported on multiple occasions that like the Winnipeg Jets like getting players with term. Um, so like, I don't know, maybe the Jets would be interested in getting Sanheim. Sanheim's from Manitoba. So I don't know. There's a, there's something there, but um, it just, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going ha- to, it feels like the flyers are just going to have to deal with it. It feels like they're just going to have to figure out a way to make Travis Sanheim play to his potential, best ability. I, I would say yes. to
0: his potential because like, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like Travis Sanheim is a guy with a very high ceiling. And I think this was a down year, but, and I don't, I don't know. Like, I think the terms long, which I'm not a fan of the term, but I don't think the cap hits that egregious. Like the cap, hits it's not that bad, but, and as the cap rises, it's really not that horrible, but we just need him to play better. And I'm hoping that they can kind of figure something out in the next few seasons. So I think, but I think we think of this player very
1: differently. So Travis Sanheim is 27 years old now. At this stage, it's fair to wonder if this is just what he is. Um, I I do think he's going to be better. Like next year, he has to be better than he was this. I I don't think that he's this bad. But is he good enough to warrant the six point two five million cap hit? over eight years. That's the big question. So like next year is going to be a huge year for, for Travis. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. He needs to prove that he's worth the cap hit and the term. And if, you know, one of those things aren't lining up, it's just going to be so hard to trade him. And like, clearly it, it, it feels like he and torts don't exactly mesh all that. Well, we saw what happened when they played in Calgary. He healthy scratched him with his family there and everything. And it was bad. Um, it just, I don't know. It, it's, it's a weird situation with Sanheim. I don't, I truly have no clue what's going to happen with him. Well, we're going to have a lot of time to discuss it this off
0: season. So I guess we will get to that. So my last question on these questions about the future of the Philadelphia hockey flyers, who in the organization that is not currently a regular, are you most excited about? And I think I know the answer to this one, but I, I wanted to leave with a, a somewhat positive note on, what we're going into.
1: So this might actually be, um, a bit of a take. Oh, wow. But, and I don't think this player is going to be like, you know, an all-star caliber player or anything like that. But I, I really am excited to see Emil Andre. Emil Andre. I was yeah. not
0: expecting you to say that at all. Like I, 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 I'll I really, talk about mine. Really, when you're finished, but I was not expecting you to say that.
1: So I really liked him when he was going into the draft, and I remember for, because that draft was like in October or something like that, because COVID or whatever. And I remember they drafted him on my birthday, and so it was just like, yeah, oh, that's an awesome, <laughs> that's an awesome birthday gift. The Flyers got the player I really like, um, and he just he played really really well over in Sweden in the SHL. Um, he ended up, uh, really impressing a lot and turning heads at the world juniors. Um, as I believe he was captain for Sweden, um, averaged over a point per game as a defenseman and don't look now, but like he's in Lehigh Valley and he has six points in eight games and he's playing, he's going to play some important minutes. Cause I mean, the Phantoms are going to the playoffs. So, um, I'm not, I, again, he's, I don't think he's going to be someone who's going to be like, a like an all-star caliber defenseman in the NHL. Maybe he could be, and I would love that. But I don't think that's quite what he's going to be. But I do think he's going to be a really, really useful player that could end up honestly being a fan favorite for Flyers fans just because he's kind of like, he's small, but he throws his body around. And he, he's not afraid of contact at all. He likes to kind of, you know, throw some hits. And um, I think that'll be appreciated in, in Philadelphia. Wow. Emil Andre. Okay. All right. I love it.
0: Mine. Mine's got to be Cutter Gautier. I mean, I, I'm just psyched to see him. Like, I cannot wait to see him in a Flyers uniform because I, I just, from what I've heard about his talent and skill and like what he brings to the team, like I am super excited. And then if I have like one other guy, I'm going to toss in there, Tyson Forrester. I yeah. really yeah. love the, the brief look we got at him this season and, and I think he's shaping up nicely. And I, I can't wait to see more Tyson Forrester. I really hope he becomes a regular with the team next season. Forrester's my other guy, too.
1: And, like, honestly, the way Tortorella talks about Forrester, like, it feels like Forrester's, like, basically already made the team next year. <laughs> like, Torts is just – he loves this kid. And it's hard not to based off of how he's been playing um, or how he played in his short stint with the Flyers. But, like – yeah, he's – I mean, he's got that shot, which everyone knows about. But, like, I wasn't expecting him to be as good in all the other areas that I saw him being really impressive in. And that was really exciting. So, yeah, I'm excited about Forrester too. I th- I think he makes the team next year. And I think he – I mean, I think he gets at least 20 goals and 40-something points. I could, I could see him really having a good year next year as a rookie.
0: Awesome. I there's I wanted to leave the flyers talk with a little bit of positivity here because there is it's not all gloom it's not all doom and gloom there's a lot of doom and gloom but it's not
1: all doom and gloom oh wait a minute Steve I'm such an idiot who in the organization that is not currently a regular are you most excited about I mean he's not part of the organization yet but Connor Bedard oh of course Connor Bedard Connor Bedard Adam Fantilli. Yeah. Yeah, Adam Fantilli, Connor Bernard, one of them. They're going to get them all. Yeah, get them both. Yeah. Got to catch them all. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) Uh. So, okay. So I had one other thing I wanted to mention. So I wanted to, so we're all familiar with the tried and true Guy Fieri rating, you know, needs more donkey sauce, full trip to Flavortown. So I, 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 obviously this season needed much more donkey sauce, but I wanted to see where the season ranked rated on the new metal scale. Okay. (laughs) I haven't done a new metal scale before but we love to talk about shitty ass new metal on this show because I did go to high school in the year 2000. So, on the new metal scale which I'm still perfecting, still figuring out, I would say Korn would be the highest ranking because they were the most twisted. And I guess I decided that the end of the scale would be Crazy Town based off of a quick Wikipedia entry. They suck. <laughs> I read on new metal bands, and I saw Crazy Town, I'm like, oh, that band fucking sucked. So yeah, this was a Crazy Town season. They didn't tank enough to be in the true running for Bedard. Or, well, you know, they still got a shot, but, you know, I would have liked them to tank more, and they weren't good enough to make the playoffs, so it's a Crazy Town season. It doesn't even make a Kid Rock ranking, okay? No ball with the ball for this motherfucker.
1: <laughs> I would put Kid Rock below Crazy Town. No, Crazy like, Town's garbage. I'm, no, I can I at least, stand- like, ironically listen to Kid Rock. I just don't care about crazy town ball, the ball, the kid ball, rock ball, i just can't stand
0: boogies, uh, oh, ch-
1: that's hilarious and also corn like, should not be the top but it's if it, they're the most twisted but system of down is better oh they're way better they're undoubtedly better and so is lincoln park mm. that's lincoln a park rocks d, uh,
0: uh, okay that's a debate for another day I lincoln would, park's awesome I would have agreed with you in the year 2000, but <laughs> maybe not so much today but maybe I gotta listen to more rap and Mike and oh my god, where did that fucking guy just show up on like the soundtrack for something? What did Mike Mike Shinoda just show up on? I saw I listened oh no, to some sort know. of soundtrack and uh Emily's like, I think rap and Mike from Lincoln Park is on this <laughs> on this song and I
1: can't remember what it is I'm like God goddamn rapid Mike. What's that one song he had, like, Fort, what was it? Oh, Fort Minor. Fort Minor. What was that one song? Remember the name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The lyrics are I remember that all too well. Yeah. Let me see. Let me get it. It's like, this is 10% luck, 20% skill, 15% concentrated power and will. 5% 5% pleasure, 50% pain, 100% reason to remember the. Where do you come up with those percentages? I don't know. I don't think the math makes sense. God. Maybe it was just a song. Wait, hold on. Let's say. All right. So 10, 20. So there's 30. 15, 45. 50. 5%. Okay. So 5% pleasure. So there's 50. Wow. And then 50% pain. So there's 100. And apparently all that put together. Gives you 100% reason to remember the name, Steve. Okay, so
0: the math does check out. The math does check out. very important journalism right here. <laughs> this is what everybody's paying the yeah. big bucks on VSH 2.0 for. And by the way, thank you to everybody who has subscribed. You guys are awesome.
1: Yeah, you guys rule. We're, we're, we could not go forward without you guys.
0: Absolutely not. Okay, so I, I leave you with this, Ryan. I have a trivia question for you which of the following bands does not appear on the wikipedia entry of new metal bands is it a rage against the machine b vanilla ice c third eye blind d alien or no yeah d alien ant farm or e sugar ray um i think i know the answer to the third eye blind you are correct i yeah, was I, they, very they surprised me as new metal well, I don't think of Rage Against the Machine as new metal either. I think it's just Rage Against the Machine. is fucking awesome. But like, I mean,
1: same. But like, I think technically they're like new metal. Well, if they're tech, then they're the
0: highest part of the scale if they're technically new metal
1: because they're Rage well. Against yeah, the machine. I, I guess like for the scale, but I don't like, consider them judging. New metal. Yeah, like judging by who you have listed on the scale, I would have put system of it down number one. But like Rage Against the Machine, if I guess if they're new metal. If they're, they're new the metal, best yeah. new metal of all time. But yeah. I don't consider them that. But uh Vanilla Ice, I briefly forgot that
0: uh that Mr. Vanilla Ice got into a little bit of metal himself. And uh I would not fucking consider Alien At Farm doing their cover. <laughs> Doing their Michael Jackson cover yeah. as a new metal band. Or Sugar Ray. Every morning. Yeah, that's a very metal song, let me tell you.
1: Yeah, that's weird. That is some Third, weird Yeah, shit. Third Eye Blind definitely is not new metal.
0: But though. Sugar Ray mm-hmm. is like... Third Eye Blind's harder than Sugar Ray. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar Ray is like the softest band of all
1: time. Uh, Someday, when the world has passed me by... Oh
0: my god. Just... I can't think about Sugar Ray for more than a minute without wanting to just pass out a <laughs> yeah. boredom
1: pass out from. I just, boredom. Remember, I just remember Sugar Ray being in the live action Scooby-Doo movie. Oh,
0: were they? Yeah. I did not ever actually see the live action Scooby-Doo movie. I can't remember if it was wow, the first live seen? action Scooby-Doo movie. There
1: you go. It might've been the, f- I can't remember if it was the first Scooby-Doo movie or the second this one. This
0: guy doesn't care for movies and he's talking about the Scooby-Doo movies like you saw them yesterday. Come on, come on. Yeah, they were classics oh jesus christ maybe i don't have your opinion on movies all right folks we got to wrap it up i gots to go if you have any feedback still unfortunately the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca.musk. musk. quigs where can people find you on twitter and anything to plug on bsh 2.0
1: nope you can find me at ryan quigs with a z oh wow excellent wow.
0: You can find me at FlyPurboli or at bomb If it's for hockey purposes, make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey. Flyperbole is on Instagram and TikTok and all that fun shit. And again, thanks to Clear Va- or Clear Rum. I almost said vodka, but Clear Rum and to. Philaticus for the awesome help with the bsh 2.0 tailgate. That was just a some an awesome time for everybody, and thanks to everybody who came out. Alright, folks, that's it for us. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. wow, 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 wow.